is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to another episode of Notorious P.O.D. I'm your host, John Bass. This week, I'm joined by Small Boss, all the way from New York. How you doing, buddy? You good? I'm doing good. How's it going? What's going on, guys? Not, not bad. Not bad, mate. It's, it's lovely to have you on. Thank you very much for uh, reaching out and uh, letting us know you wanted to be a part of the pod. Um, so, yeah, thank you for, thank you for having me. No worries at all. No worries at all. Well, look, um, I guess this would be good for a good opportunity for you to kind of tell the the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of what your music's about and who you are and what you do and the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, just just let, give us a bit of an intro as to kind of what you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Small Boss. I'm a hip hop artist from New York. You guys can follow me at Small Boss MC. That's S M A double L B O double S M C everywhere. Basically, um. Uh, on all socials but um yeah i've been making music since i was seven years old uh but uh just like really got serious about it when i was 14 years old uh so i've been making music basically for like the last 10 years pretty seriously um been putting out music pretty consistently my last project came out in 2018 the small boss ep um you guys can stream that everywhere other than that i put out a uh, new song childhood dreams on vivo just back in november and you guys can go check that out at uh, youtube.com slash smallbossvivo. Nice. And you, and you uh, also have like your own kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like label, I guess, or like production company kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Black Tie Records. Uh, I run that as well. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of big things coming this year. So I'm excited about that. Great. Well, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the things that I like about um, doing the pod is kind of uh, reaching out and speaking to kind of artists that are, trying to do things a little different and, and kind of trying to, uh, you know, punctuate the scene and do some new stuff. And it's really interesting to talk to artists like yourself about what their influences are uh, and kind of, uh, you know, what's kind of put them on this journey to, to kind of making the music that they make. So, um, which is why I was really keen to have you on. But before we get into um, the album that you're going to come and talk to us about, uh, we always ask the guests these, these same set questions. So I need to get your, uh, your answers on this. Um, so the first question, we, we kind of try and set the scene. So we kind of say, look, you're going for a world title in your weight division in boxing. And your manager comes to you and he's like, look, uh, this is the biggest fight of your career. What is your boxing entrance music going to be? What is the answer that you give that man? If I had to come out to any song, it might be... Um... It's, a, it's a hard question, honestly, <laughs> for yeah, me. Exactly. Um... It probably have to be some kind of, uh, you know what? I'd probably come out to Threat by Jay-Z. Nice. Nice. I like that. When we did the Black Album episode with Cal um, a few episodes back, uh, we were just saying like the, the ad-libs on Threat is what makes it. You know, I keep trash bags on me. I think uh, exactly. If I came out during <laughs> that part, people would probably lose their minds, right? <laughs> I mean, especially if you're carrying the trash bags, that, that would make it next level. Uh, bring, bring the props right bring exactly the that's a good shout yeah i think basically i think the reason that we always ask this because i feel like hip-hop uh is so like lent towards uh like boxing entrance music 
because I just feel yeah. like you know as a genre there's a lot of kind of attitude and uh you know violence and that kind of narrative of like you know machismo mannishness and I kind of feel like it lends itself really well to boxing entrance music but yeah Jay-Z that's a great shout um cool all right um and the other question that we ask um that that maybe like opens it up to your kind of like wider uh, musical taste is like you're stuck on a desert island but you've got one album for the rest of your life basically to listen to so you can listen to it as often or as you know uh as infrequently as you want to but you can only listen to this album for the rest of your life what what would be the one that would keep you going you know what i love this question and um when I was thinking about it, I thought it was just crazy because uh, every uh, album that I really uh, thought about was released in the same 12 months. Ultimately, I, ultimately I went down to uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, but it's funny because uh, the album we're going to talk about today and also uh, the Black album were the other two albums I was considering. Yeah, which is crazy because actually, so the, the week that we were recording this episode um, is the 17-year anniversary of Get Rich, Die Trying. Really? Uh, which is crazy and I, re- I was reading uh, an article about it today and uh, that that album uh, has a diamond certification but they're all off physical sales which is yeah. fucking amazing like if you consider where where the industry is now and it's so much about like plays and and downloads and stuff to to, to have that, that level is amazing. Of, yeah it's incredible right um and we kind of don't see that that kind of happen so much now particularly in in kind of um, mainstream hip hop and mainstream music, so yeah, it's kind of Absolutely. kind of incredible. But um, yeah, so it's a great album, man. I love, yeah, it's a great show. I think that's like my favorite. That's like my favorite album that I listen to on a regular basis. Like if I had to say one album that I've listened to since it came out every single day, or like at least most of the days of the week, it's Get Richard I Shine. Yeah, man, it's a great call. I think there's something so iconic about that album. Like from the very outset, you know, that little the kind of coin noise. Um, just exactly as soon as that like kind of dies down then it just like kicks in and you're just like holy fuck this is gonna be hard this album and it just continues to like play its way through some great singles there's uh, not a bad song on that album like, yeah totally and it's like dre production like um there's some havoc beats on there like it's great like it's just just really um it's just great it's a great so album. If i was exactly so if i was on a desert island i felt like you know i'd have a little bit of everything you can still get a little vibe there's a bunch of good features on that album also so true very true that's a good call right so let's um that being said let's talk about one of the other albums that you just mentioned there which were in your kind of um repertoire of albums that you would go to and the album that we we started when we started speaking i was like look what do you want to come on and talk about you were like look i'd really love to do college dropout by kanye and i was like fucking perfect because we've done uh, a special on kind of kanye's career and his back catalog and uh, we kind of touched on each album but i've right. wanted to go into more detail and this is this will be the first kanye album we've really gone into um on a proper episode so i'm, I'm glad That's that you exciting. picked it which is great because it's a, a favorite of mine um and yeah I'm, I'm passionate about it as well so i thought this would be the perfect opportunity for us to kind of talk this through and and talk about the album so aside from the fact obviously you mentioned it like is one of your go-to albums like kind of what are your early memories of it why did you feel like this is the one that you wanted to come and, and talk about today well, basically for me, I feel like this album like really changed the pace of hip hop. And like it kind of goes back to like the fact that I did pick Get Rich or Die Try and like being here in New York during that time period, like nobody was running music for us more than 50 Cent and G Unit. 
Like that was that was just a fact. And like so when Kanye came out, like that obviously was a huge shift of like sound for for music and like I think it just changed the pace of of like everything like after it, honestly. Yeah. So how old were you when that album came out? I was only 8 years old when that album came out, but I was like listening to hip hop like I said I was rapping since I was 7 years old, so I was listening to hip hop yeah. for a long time. Because that's what, one of the things I think is really interesting about this pod, and we, we have like um, a few different kind of guests that have come on that, have, that are kind of in their like 40s, bad guests that are, um, you know, like my age, like kind of like early 30s, uh, and guests like younger like yourself. And what I find really interesting, and it's kind of consistent between everyone, which is that first albums that you come across when you first get into hip hop, they shape like so much about what you take forward with you in your like listening um career if, if that makes yeah, sense. yeah that is that's like a very interesting thought i don't like that because like you know i don't, I don't really know if i if i looked at it that exact way but because yeah. like you're right like a, a lot of the stuff i listen to i still listen to like everything i listen to like when i first started listening to hip-hop and like but it doesn't mean i don't like what i listen to now but there's cool. definitely like you know there's definitely a, a, a still like a a certain love for the stuff that you came up on i agree yeah, for sure. And also, like, it, even, like, the kind of influence, like, maybe it's subtle as well, you know? So, like, for me, the first time I really heard hip-hop that really got me excited and piqued my interest was, was Wu-Tang. And I was young then as well, so they obviously came out in, like, 93. Uh, and so I was, like, pretty young then. Yeah, I was, like, under 10 years old. So, for me, that they were, like, they captured my attention and, like, kind of interested me. And I've, t- right. I've spoken about it loads of times on the pod that I really like gully, hard, gritty <laughs> New York hip hop because I think right. that's what I associate with that the music that I love is that sound. It's not like I don't appreciate the other like styles of hip hop that are out there. It's just that that is like my center point. And I think if you speak to people who kind of like grew up in the kind of like 80s style rappers like Big Daddy right. K like this you know that that's kind of what that's their thing in modern in modern sounds as well so like we i definitely agree about, with that i think yeah and we we're talking about in the last pod like griselda for example i really relate to that it's like it's new but it it's still centered in what is my center and i think maybe um having listened to some of your music what i think is is obvious is like you can you can kind of take bits of the influences as extreme as they are with like Kanye and with 50. So I think it like it really leans to like your early influences can influence the way you listen and also maybe the music you put out as well. Is that is that fair? I think that that's definitely fair like you know what I'm saying like I I agree with you 100%. It's just crazy um to think about how much like uh people like stay on the same wave cuz thinking about it now after you're saying that like even like the kids of today like their go-to is going to be like something way different, you know. I don't know. And they're gonna and they're gonna look at us like we're crazy for saying fifty cent is the best or something like that. Yeah, but, totally. Well that that happens all the time now, right? Is like so there's this whole thing. I mean, Twitter is a kind of pretty toxic place at the best of times, but there's the older generations like right Rakim is the greatest MC of all time. Right. And there's like right. not really a dispute with most hip hop heads. It's like we might not be your favorite, but he's generally considered the best. Now he gets like slandered on a daily basis, like this guy's flow is fucking basic and it's like it's like mind blowing. So it's like generation to generation, and like it changes, uh, changes massively. But so tell me about like the first time that you heard this album, because I, I think what's really interesting about this this particular pod is obviously we've got two dynamics here, which is that 
the UK's like um, like receiving this album and right and then in the states, right? So I'd really like to get your perspective on what it was like and how it how it kind of changed the scene over there. I mean, it was just like I think my first experience of this album is the same as everyone else's from the minute that you cut it on and then you have the opening skit and you hear from my people that's drug dealing just to get and you know what I mean? You lose your mind yeah. right off right off rip. And you're like, wow, like, and then you, he goes on to that song, just like says so much in one song. I think that it really, um, it catches you right off, off rip. And, um, you know, it, this album takes you through a whole journey. So my first experience of, I, I always love to listen to albums since I was a kid, just listen to the album straight through, sit through, first listen, straight through um, yeah. in order exactly how the artist intended me to listen to it. So that's exactly what I did. And I just remember sitting there and just like literally being mind blown because like it really wasn't something that you were hearing on it on a regular basis. Um, when I was just taking notes for 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 this for this podcast, like something I just wrote down was just like, you know, a creative way to rhyme without using knives and guns. Like to me, like that yeah. line si si signifies so much of what this album became and stands for like today. When you look back on it, you're just like, you know what I'm saying? Like back then it was all about like uh just really hard gangster rap music and like this was not that it really changed the way that it that music was and it's not to say that music still doesn't have that gangster uh rap way like i don't know what else to really uh personified it was just hard but it, mm. it's like it's not it wasn't as hard as it was like you know five years later things changed a little bit yeah, it's it's a really good point. I think there's a, there's a couple of lines in there you mentioned like one of them, but there's like lines in there about kind of even like the fashion as well. Like he talks about like wearing like polo, like the polo rugby versus like, right a jersey with a team, and it's like it's those subtle changes where he was kind of like seeing hip hop as like an art form that has multiple faceted layers to it that that's not a, a monolith that's just one block of like, this is how it's got to be done. And he was kind of already pushing the scene forward in his, like in his first album, basically. Right. Like saying, this is what we could, we could potentially do. Well, um, yeah, it's cool. You know, when he comes out and it's like literally during the 50 cent, like era, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's like the, the height of, of gangster rap. And, um, and it, I mean, that's, that was like, like you said, like I came up on that, so you're so for me, I feel like that I hold that in a certain regard. But when Kanye came and changed it, like the next year for me, that's like a whole nother um, start to to like my music discovery, just like more because like he changed the game and it just opened the whole game up to like a whole nother version of rappers. Totally, that's a really good point because he's not talking about the same subject in the same way as like uh, Eminem took a kind of a complete different way of approaching something which is to kind of like really like inwardly focus on your own faults and your like talk about how you're such a horrible scumbag and you do all this horrible <laughs> shit and it was like a right. reframing of the whole bragging culture and hip-hop of like i'm the best and i'm the shit and i've got all this stuff it was like no, i'm a deadbeat and i'm awful and i'm bad kind of right. the whole like uh like flashy violence thing and was like making songs that were just like concepts and like interesting ideas and and it was just like you're completely right like it just took the complete contrast to to 50s album and even just like in very simple terms we took we talked about the 50 skit with the obviously with the coin kind of like dropping right. 
and then it goes into like it's what up blood isn't it at the beginning and then the the Kanye album you have the skit and then it goes into like the most light it's not, it's not even really hip hop it's it's kind of like almost gospely kind of quite relaxed sound so those first two tracks could not be further apart like if right. you tried and it kind of sums up the the two styles right I I I 100% agree with you about that just like uh 50 Cent like starts the album with like I'll stomp a bone out your ass and some brand new chuckles right and Kanye yeah. and Kanye starts his album with a like honestly that is a hilarious skit I remember listening to him the first time and like really like bursting out laughing because that was yeah. funny and the um the song itself just is is really focused on like some whole completely out of like not kicking someone's ass just like a complete whole another uh thought process you weren't really hearing on a daily basis back then yeah no totally totally agree cool right well look before we get into this album in massive detail we always run uh the audience through the murder stats this is where um if you've never listened to an episode of notorious pod this is where we basically go through all the stats and facts for the album uh and then um small boss and i will then pick through the rest of this album in in detail so um you're now going to be listening to the murder stats for kanye west's college dropout These are your murder stats for Kanye West, The College Dropout. The College Dropout is a debut studio album by American rapper and producer Kanye West. It was released on February the 10th, 2004 by Def Jam Recordings and Rockefeller Records respectively. The production of The College Dropout was primarily handled by West and developed his chipmunk soul sound, which uses a sped up pitch shifted vocal sample from soul and R&B records in addition to West's own drumming programming, string accompaniments, gospel choirs. The album also features contributions from Jay-Z, Mos Def, Jamie Foxx, Selena Johnson and Ludacris, among others. Diverging from the then-dominant gangster persona in hip-hop, West lyrics concern themes of family, self-consciousness, materialism, religion, racism and higher education. The College Dropout debuted at number two on the US Billboard 200, selling 441,000 copies in its first week of sales. It was a large-scale commercial success, becoming West's best-selling album in the United States, with domestic sales of over 3.4 million copies by 2014, and was certified triple platinum the following year. It produced five singles, Through the Wire released September the 30th, 2003, Slow Jams released December 2nd, 2003, All Falls Down released February 24, 2004, Jesus Walks released May 25th, 2004, and The New Workout Plan August the 31st, 2004. Those were your murder stats for Kanye West, The College Dropout. Okay, so they were your murder stats for Kanye's The College Dropout. Um, I'm back in the room with Small Boss MC. Um, we are going to talk. We're going to talk about this College Dropout album in in a bit more detail. Um, what, what I'm interested to know, I, I want to tell you my story of how I came across Kanye, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of like get your view view of how you came across him, like the first time sure. you ever heard him. Um, I was told by a friend of mine who was a massive, or still is a massive, uh, Jay Z fan um mc right. rough big, big up yourself um he was like mad into like the whole rockefeller jay-z thing and this was around kind of the blueprint era and he was always like pushing me to like jay-z and to rockefeller and stuff like that right oh, yeah. he said to me he's like oh have you heard about this like new guy kanye and i and i think at the time he was saying it correctly but i was like i don't even know what that word is he's like kanye, <laughs> kanye. and i was like i don't know what that means like what is that his name and he's like yeah 
and he's like mate you need to hear his stuff's amazing like he produced like hey so the Izzo and like there's some other tracks on a blueprint like the bounce and all this stuff that's him and I was like oh okay right. and then I kind of like forgot about it for a little while and then he sent me a uh, I think at the time it was like uh, a, it, I can't have been a link so it must have been like um, a CD to listen to right and it was Jesus Walks okay and you know like the first time you just hear something that's unlike anything else you really remember it and basically i had i had it on in my room and as soon as it like just kicked in i was just in my house on my own just like running around just going fucking mad like this is mental like i can't believe how amazing this is Uh, but it all came from production like him doing beats for other people and and like my mate kind of putting me on to him as a producer. Right. Um, just interested, like when was the first time that you were aware of him and how did that kind of transcend uh, into like the first album? I think that was also the case for me because like, you know, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Like I think that's my favorite rapper of all time. Yeah. And um, I think that just like, you know, Kanye doing production for, for Jay was something that I always knew. It was funny for me because I think that um, like, I was in elementary school, but it just seemed like something that kind of, it was always like Kanye West. It was never like I, you mentioned like your friend if he was pronouncing his name right, but yeah. I mean, it was always his full. It's like always his full name, which I always think is interesting. Yeah, how people refer to him, but um, um, but we had this uh, you know, just this I guess like uh, affinity for all rappers, just like associated with Jay Z. So it was just, um, or just like producers, anyone that was uh, associated with Jay-Z. So by the time, like I was eight years old, so by the time that uh, the, the, kind, uh, the college drop actually came out, I wasn't really that, that old. It, it kind of came out immediately, like after my discovery of hip hop, like uh, what, within like a few years, you know what I mean? I started rapping yeah. when I was seven, probably discovered hip hop when I was like five or six. So it wasn't that long. And then like immediately the college drop out came out. So for me, it's more like a, um, that's like just like the my the start of my love for hip hop, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess like at that at that time, uh, that Jay Z was was kind of not I guess at the height of his powers necessarily, but commercially was at his probably one of his biggest moments in terms of like Blueprint was commercially such a big success, and yeah, right, and the tracks were huge, and like I think it kind of put producers on the map, obviously like Just Blaze and. Um, it put Kanye in in a position that maybe he wouldn't have been if Jay-Z wasn't Jay-Z of that time. Maybe, but like they, I feel like they would have I feel like there there would have always been um just like this guy named Kanye West who made these crazy beats. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I just think that I think that Kanye is like a like a generational talent, like honestly. Yeah, and that's I it's a good point actually because he it's fair to say like he was he was making progress. Like he, he talks about it on, on Last Call, which um, is actually like my favorite track on the album because it kind of gives you an insight into how hard it is for incredibly talented people to sometimes just get a break in the industry. And he talks a lot on that track about, you know, the kind of how close he was to this inner circle at Rockefeller. Right. Still months and like making like hit singles. It was still months and months and months before. You know, they even considered or even thought about offering him any kind of deal. Right. Uh, so I right. kind of, I think that is true that he he was uh, clearly talented enough to have, have kind of made it. And I think you're right. We we would have he would have always been in the public eye. Right. I, I just like to think though that these these moments kind of work out sometimes where 
you know, no, no ID having this relationship with Rockefeller, Kanye. Oh yeah, that's that's destiny. The I Chicago think that, thing, like right. That would have that that had to happen for it to be like the story that it is, and for him to really become Kanye West. But I just think like you know what I mean. Like his talent would have always shined through no matter what. But I definitely agree with you. Like just him meeting Jay Z in that circumstance, like propelled him to be like in that moment and at the exact right moment. For sure, and also just like that combination, like and, it, and it's proved as like their careers have gone on. Like it, it works so well. Like Jay Z on a Kanye instrument. It's it just fucking is perfect. It's and you're 100 right. Like that formula worked, and I think like that is a lot. You have, that is 100 uh, where you're right that that you have to give to Rockefeller and their ear and their ability to find talent and uh, you know that discovering him or but you know if you know the story the fact that he what he was drawn to Jay Z too so it, it really is yeah. interesting. Yeah, for sure, and and that's I think it's got to be like prop to to no ID who again is like one of these guys who kind of sits in the background and he's had a lot more praise um since 444 because he was kind of heavily involved in the production of that for jay-z but he's been right and that, i love that album it's an amazing album yeah of course um, I mean, it's incredible and, and he's been doing some amazing work with like common and and, and kanye and people like that for for years right and, and it was his kind of mentorship and his uh ear that was like look you guys need to hear this kid like he's fucking amazing and I think that these, this is what we need in the game is like these people that see talent and want to progress it. They don't want to see it as competition. I think it's like really important. I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. There needs to be like, uh, you know, like uh, just an, from like, if you're a creative, then you should see another creative just have like some kind of uh, professional courtesy just to say like, yo, like I'm going to try and help you and uh, further your creations. And that's how more shit will get done. I think just more. I feel like a collaborative environment is always better. Yeah, totally. And and also on this album, and I think that it's kind of, it's quite cool, is like the whole um, Talib Kweli thing, which on the surface is a weird combination. But um, my understanding is like Talib was like very, he obviously liked Kanye. And again, I think that was through like a, a kind of pro producer's connection through high tech. Um, and they basically, he kind of offered Kanye to come on tour with him. And that right. kind of like gave him some legitimacy with, with a kind of New Yorker crowd and right. in the right. kind of boom bap hip hop circles, right? So it's those things that like Talib Kweli now comparison to Kanye West. Kanye West is like a global megastar, but he he might not have ever made it if it wasn't for things and those people taking those chances to give him the platform, um, which is what I think is really interesting. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I try and live by like the uh, the motto that. Um, you rise by lifting others. And I think that's like a great example of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, because in return, then like, if you think about it in hindsight, like a lot of the rappers that um, Kanye became so much bigger than a lot of the rappers that, that initially uh, put him on. For sure. And then, he, and then he came back and shined a light on them. He never, and I think that's something that you got to say, like Kanye kind of stuck with those guys for, for at least a really long time. And if not until this day. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If you look at, you know, the, um, collaborations on his early albums they are the people that gave him you know is returning the favor essentially right uh, and even production later down the line uh, for the likes of common obviously and, and, and other artists that he saw the potential um just people like john ended. legend was on the college drop album, yeah you know what i mean like exactly. that's incredible yeah exactly no it's a, it's a really good point um well let's let's talk about um the sound uh, on this album because for sure um 
so before this was a mixtape called Freshman, uh, Freshman Adjustment. Right. Uh, which had some of the ideas and the concepts for the songs that later became the college dropout. And you could hear him like honing this sound. But like from a from an artist perspective, like how would you kind of like talk about this as a signature sound? Like what are the signature signature sounds on this album and how do you identify them? I mean, the chipmunk soul obviously sticks out to me immediately yeah. as like um like iconic for this album and just like the, the time. And I think that that stays until today because like today when I hear a uh, chipmunk soul beat, I still love that. And I still look for that. Like if it's not like exactly the same as how it, how it was in 2003, uh, not necessarily, but just like there's definitely producers that have taken that and pushed that even further now, uh, different sampling techniques and things like that. And I think that Kanye, you know, just pretty much per, perfected that sound for that time it was really um perfect it just worked really well and it just like was something different from like like you said with get richard i trying you're going from uh dre beats and that's that's obviously not the only album that dropped it this sure. that year but that was just the, the biggest one you know what i mean like that was like the biggest album to drop within six months of the college dropout um for sure and um just like to go from that dre production and then you're hearing Kanye West production and that in itself is completely different but for the first time like Kanye's on his own beats in a in a major studio album and you hear him in full it's, it's Kanye West in full effect yeah no for sure and I think like so like stylistically you're right like the the chipmunk soul as it's known essentially like pitched up um soul samples uh the, the use of the samples on this album is amazing and you can really like feel his influence from kind of 70s um soul records but also there's a lot of gospel um samples on here right um right. There's, a, there's an aretha franklin sample for example um right. which which for me the reason that i resonated so much with the sound is because in my house growing up the music that was played was uh 70s soul motown right. gospel records it was donny hathaway stevie wonder marvin gay shy lights that that was what we listened to in my house growing up so when i heard these like samples i guess it kind of threw me back into like that world of like why i loved and why i still love soul gospel and motown music right uh, and i just think he obviously has that ear where he like hears something and he's like i love that and i want to kind of bring that back into the world so yeah hearing exactly. those samples is just crazy but he's also um and I, again i'm gonna say that he invented it. i'm sure that the other producers have used a similar sound but his snare sound is very different to like a traditional right. hip-hop snare sound it's like almost like um it kind of has this like flair to it where it like kind of it's not clean it's like right. this like, like yeah. weird like crunch sound that I'd never heard before. And until my friend like pointed out to me, I was like, oh yeah, shit, it's like quite different drum sounds to a lot of hip hop at the time. Would you would you kind of agree with that? I mean, he definitely has like a unique, I think like um, a unique uh, just sound. And it, yeah, definitely like, I guess like a drum sound, just like his whole sound. I don't know, when you listen to a Kanye West beat, it's definitely different. Something that influenced a whole new generation of producers. When you listen to the producers of today, there's a million people trying to be like Kanye West. And, yeah. But still, there's not a, um, I don't know. I've, I've listened to a lot of beats, a lot of beats. But you don't you don't hear like Kanye West beats from other people. It just doesn't, that doesn't happen. You know what I yeah. mean? It's a very, very unique thing. And not, I don't think you can hear anyone else's beats really, but there's obviously, there's some people who are who do make generic beats. That, that happens too. Um, 
So you got to think about like um, the fact that Kanye makes such unique beats that it, it, he's known for that on top of his rapping or before his rapping, he was he was a uh, producer. Yeah, no, t- totally. I like I totally agree with that. And I, I think that his um, yeah, his style has been like often uh, like imitated. But right. Kind of never duplicated. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I think that's what kind of makes him, like you said, like a generational talent is that that chipmunk soul style has been around. It's not, he didn't invent right. it. Like that style was there, but he made that essentially like better than everyone else. And right. he has the same thing, which like Dilla beats have for me, which is like that, that, uh, and, and premiere and, and all the kind of the greats of hip hop. Right. That head nod bounce that you just, you right. get it or you don't get it. Right. And all of his beats just have that like bounce. To, and to, that's exactly what, because because like you know when you hear a DJ Premier beat for the most part, like when I hear a Kanye West beat or I think that like there's so many times where I've heard a song and it's been like, did Kanye produce this before? I yeah. knew that Kanye produced it because it's it's literally that unique and identifiable to him. Yeah, it's it's true. Even to the point where if you listen to like um like B by Common, it's one of my favorite right. albums. And the album is like fifty percent Dilla, fifty percent Kanye, right? And on the surface. They're, the styles that they've chosen for the album are really similar. Like they're both using soul samples, and actually there are a lot of similarities between their production. But it is quite right. clear who's made what beat, which is right, mad. right. Listen exactly. to the album in its like totality. It sounds really quite similar, and you could let it watch over you. But if you had to put money on it, you could pick between them, and that is Absolutely. quite amazing. I think. I think that that's like uh, something that I mean that's like something that you know because uh, every artist that's like really huge and is blown up has like an identifiable thing i think for the most part unless it's like um you know there's obviously levels of of success i would say so some rappers maybe you couldn't pick every single rapper that you know that exists um you know right from hearing their first song but the really 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 massive talents when you hear a jay-z song you know that that's jay-z from you know no one has to tell you for the most part and if you hear 50 Cent, you know that's 50 Cent. Nobody has to tell you that when you hear Kanye West do the same exact thing. And then that goes for producers, too, because producers are just as much artists as the, as the uh, rappers. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, so on that point, let's talk about, let's talk about favorite tracks. Absolutely. Um, tell, me, tell me what your favorite tracks are and, and why. Yeah, my favorite tracks for this album, um, well, like just like I said, just from the minute that you cut it on, I think that We Don't Care is one of my favorite songs just because of that. Like that first time reaction hearing it, I think it just sold me right away. And just like, it, it just grew to be one of my favorite songs to always go back to. Just, I don't know. I maybe just chasing that, chasing that moment or just like, it just really, I love that song. And I know uh, a lot of people love that song. So uh, it's just like such a great intro track. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many albums that I could think of that have like, I mean, there's a lot of great intro tracks, um, but like, that one is so unique. It really is something so special about about uh, just the way that it tells that story. Right, from, it goes right into the skit perfectly, seamlessly, and just like opens up the album. and And maybe it is really just going back to that first time listening to it, but just like knowing what that that song is to me makes it one of my favorite songs from this album. And um, this album also has like just like I love that uh, first like real. Uh, Kanye West Jay Z collaboration "Never Let Me Down" is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, it's great. It's really a great song, and it um and just like even the uh, the Jay Ivy poetry, right? 
yeah. in the middle. And just like the whole song is, is really a great, well put together song, great beat. Uh, Jay-Z has a great, a great verse. Uh, I think the, his finished verse, and he has one of my favorite like Jay-Z personifications of himself or just like taglines or just like uh, the arch the Archbishop, the Pope John Paul, the y'all, the way y'all all follow Jigga. Hove's a living legend, and I'll tell you why. Everybody want to be Hove, and Hove's still alive. Crazy, right? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Wow. And I love that, and I think that that's like um, something something that's like uh, a great moment. He references like number one albums, what I got like four of them, and if you listen to Jay-Z throughout his entire career, he like keeps flipping that line, and the, and the number of albums continues to grow. Yeah. And I think that that's an incredible... Uh, just like first moment for Kanye, and then uh, I love Family Business personally. I just love that sample. I love the the beat. I love just like the the whole concept of the song and just like his description. And it's like everyone's family can you can just always relate to that song. And yeah. I think like that's like the perfect song you play at 3 a.m. at the end of the party. You know what I'm saying? It's like the perfect song you play when when everyone's going home, right? For sure. Um, and also you got the gospel choir. The, you know, the second half of that track. Movie. Right, it's like ethereal gospel, like beautiful moment. Like it's family business is 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 definitely. I mean, all the track, all the tracks in this album are incredible. exactly. Like it's it's hard to pick between them, but yeah, family business is also on my list for for the same reasons that you said. It just has that, you know, the sample of that, like all the glitters is gold. Right, like the B. It's just it's it really is perfect. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a perfect song. One of it's like one of those perfect feel good. And especially in that moment, because like when you go back to this album and you think that like you just really listened to uh, 17 of the best tracks of your life six months ago and it was like completely different. And now you're hearing this guy talk about his grandma looking at the photo album. Right. You're talking about the cookout and you're talking about completely different stuff. You're talking about getting together with the family. You know, it's completely different concept, but it makes you feel almost the exact same way it's just a huge shift in music yeah for sure so yeah perfect i think you summed that up perfectly um my my favorite tracks i mean yeah family business we're in full agreement with that um i mentioned last call i just think again like the the idea of doing a track where you have the beginning of the track is a song and then you roll the instrumental out but using like different elements of the beat Right. You tell a story about how you got started as the last track on your album and you got such a good insight into the world the world of like hip hop at that time and exactly how deals got made. I just think that track is incredible and the beat is fucking uh, insane. Yes. Um, I love it so much. And and the the sample is from Annie, which I didn't realise. Right. So it's the the Mr. Rockefeller. The Mr. Rockefeller right. is, I love that. It's love incredible. That. Um, so just to found that, like this was before the era where you just like Google songs with the word Rockefeller in, he would have had to have found right. it. And right, I find exactly. that fucking like the level of detail and craftsmanship to, to craft that beat um, is amazing. I love Spaceship. Oh yeah. Um, and again, it's like it's the same thing you were talking about in terms of like family business. Like he's talking about like you know <laughs> jobs he's got and how he's like right. from places and like it's at the of, gap the work yeah exactly. the gap is specifically right like yeah isn't it's that like, i mean yeah. i don't know about in the uk but here in new york right like it was like nobody was wearing the gap like uh at in 2003 at that point it was like that was kind of out we were wearing like we were wearing like jerseys and we were wearing like 
crazy baggy pants, like three, four, five sizes too big, right? Like just like yeah. ridiculously. I remember having G Unit sneakers, like, and that being like <laughs> like my the my most prized possession of the of that time. Yeah. Um, like seriously, that was like an incredible. Like I was wearing Fat Farm and crazy like <laughs> brands. Like I had like the illest Rockaway jacket I used to wear all the time. That like you, it zipped up and had the the diamond hands when you zipped it, and it was perfect. It was like it was so fire. But that's like that's what you were wearing back then. So like you think about just all those, just like the style, the iconic, and then you hear Kanye is working at the Gap. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. But then I think that's what makes it kind of relatable is that there's this whole persona that goes with hip-hop but then there's all these people that listen to hip-hop that aren't drug dealers and on the corner and doing drive-bys and involved in gang and street culture right and, and so it becomes more relatable to be like yeah i got fired from a job i didn't like and right that bullshit and so i and again the sample is a marvin gay sample and it's just it's fucking beautiful like the arrangement on the on the song is is so great uh and then the track that i really uh i really like always gets me fucking hype um is get them high of course um talib quali uh common uh, and kanye just fucking going in um just the beat again is just it's it's just so great it's like kind right. of light aggression um there's great verses on there as well i just think um yeah all, all yeah. of them do, do a great job i mean they they absolutely rip that that flow that the pocket that they get into and and like just how that song starts out that beat is incredible i 100 percent agree with you that that um that that song is like one of the best songs on the album for for sure i think that uh and just like just to say what you were just mentioned uh spaceship also i think that um what's like we were just talking about before that how kanye stuck with uh a lot of the guys that he's worked with like so kanye's cousin was on spaceship mm. and he's been on like so many of uh his albums like up until like his most recent album kanye's cousin has is a very talented vocalist um and he's been on all of like almost all of kanye's albums yeah. since that beginning and that's just like a test uh, a testament of like like what i said exactly kanye is like a loyal guy He's a real guy. He works with the people and he supports the creators that he works with. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, so on that, kind of a similar thing, um, especially like when I talk to artists, I'd like to understand kind of from the instrumental side. But when you're like um, creating your own tracks and stuff like that, um, right? And you're thinking about instrumentals. I, I kind of find it interesting to kind of from from your perspective, like what are your favorite instrumentals on this album in terms of ones that you enjoy and which ones do, would you like kind of think actually i'd love to have like been on that track right i mean it's so um like difficult even to say like which 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 uh instrumental is my favorite because like <laughs> yeah. at this time like i would have obviously i would have wanted to rap on this entire album this album was something so new that it was like almost like are you kidding me I, who wouldn't want yeah. to uh who wouldn't want to have every single beat on the college dropout? Any of the beats on the on the college dropout. This is like if you did do that, you know, you would have one of the greatest albums of all time. So yeah, I mean, in, in that in that regard, I think that every instrumental is incredible. I think if I had to pick one instrumental, and you mentioned it right in the beginning, that just like blew my mind off rip from the minute I heard it was Jesus Walks, right? Yeah, and that instrumental is like crazy, like that instrumental and like. I don't know, man. It, 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 that instrumental could be like, um, 
it, it was the perfect song for the instrumental, but like I just feel like that instrumental could be a million amazing songs. How great that sample is and that sound. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that could have been any amount of hit songs, and it would have always been a hit. That beat, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the the topic is like very specific in terms of like how he's done the the lyrics. Right. But you're right. You could take that instrumental and make that about anything, and it will be fucking fire. Like it's the beat is just incredible, and it's like I guess what does make it though, um, in terms of from a lyrical point of view, is that the the Jesus walks with the choir. Right. They like punch in with that Jesus walks. Like right. You hear that it is so powerful. Right. So well, I think like. Edge. you I mean that sample like i'm not even saying like without that sample of course like i feel like you need that sample to um have the record right um yeah. but uh that like, you could use that sample and then like whoever's on that that song like i mean not to say that because like rhyme fest did have a version of this song right i yeah. think everyone everyone knows that but um i think that this like if the circumstance was correct. Of course, this could have been a hit record for Rhyme Fest, right? Because this, right, even if it wasn't Kanye West, this is an incredible beat. Maybe he would not have gone on to be Kanye West because Kanye West is still, like I said, a generational talent, but this beat is that incredible. Kanye West still made this beat. So there's, ne I don't think there's ever going to be a denying, you know what I mean? This is, this is the best uh, instrumental on the album, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's a fair shout. I mean, I, like I said, I, I would make my pitch would be last call because I think it's um, there's so much that's brilliant about it, especially right, when you right, get into later stages, right when it starts like adding layers and you get the horn section. Of and... course, I mean that's not like you've talked about it twice now. Like I love that the yeah. whole story, the whole the whole um, every every aspect of that song just like and then like the. The voices coming in at the end, Jay-Z coming in at the yeah. end, Dame coming in at the end, all that, just like really making it like, just like, it's like, um, I don't know. This album like is like a movie, but without, without a movie. It's like, that's, yeah. what, that's how you describe an album like this, right? Like, that's how like I strive to make my albums. Like, I want my album to be like a feature film, just like without the film part. I don't know yeah. how else you could explain that. Like, but you listen to this album and you could literally live this album in your head or just like, and this album has been the soundtrack of how many people's lives, millions and millions of people's lives for the last, um, I think it's been almost 20 years. It's like right yeah. close, right? Yeah, 17, 17 years, I think it is. So yeah, uh, it's a really good point. Um, and I think that those those two beats, like they would, from an artist's perspective, you've got one that's very kind of like intense in Jesus Walks and is like right. pushing a narrative and driving it. And then Last Call uh, leaves a lot of space and pockets for- right rapper to like sit in and do things with um and uh, yeah just from like an in instrumental perspective i like the the kind of laid back of you know laid back nature of it so yeah two two great right. beats but it's a like you said it's an album full of ridiculously incredible instrumentals right i have on occasion just listened to the instrumentals i I've definitely listened to the instrumentals and um, I just don't think like this is the kind of album that like you know there's like certain songs you just don't want to like rap on these beats these beats yeah. have been these beats have been done and you just gotta leave them and preserve that as like this is this is a moment in time you gotta leave that alone sometimes um, so I just like to sometimes just listen to that but you're 100 percent right in the fact that Kanye like really made like every beat on this album you know what I mean like yeah. that that is something that is incredible and um, you know I think that he. 
like like you know we've been saying this whole time really just shaped music and it wasn't like right away and i think that's something that has to be noted like it wasn't something that kanye west came out and it was kanye and it was very unique but it didn't catch on immediately so everyone started to bite him right away or like and it, it kind of did but not like no one it didn't soften everyone up right away there was still gangster rap for a few years but then if you if you really think about it, this came out in 2004 i would say by 2007 kanye had won by the time yeah. that like, 2007 it came out so all the music in 2007 was like completely different from where we were in 2003 and he really by that time kanye west won and he was just getting started right totally well you're right because it was the it was the third album graduation was right uh, him and 50 are who sells the most and it was like he got completely crushed by Kanye at that point. And I feel that the, yeah, the kind of appetite for what Kanye was doing was there and what 50 was, was still doing. Um, right. was waning. Right. So it's like, it was, it was really, uh, that's a, such a good point that you're, that you're making is because like in, and if you think about that and just, so that's like what, three and a half, four years time yeah. that you, and then it's like, just like to think about that means that like that's why I think that like I said like from the uh, island question you go back and you and you and you hear what I'm saying about that all three of the albums I considered are, came out in the in the same twelve month span. Yeah. And I feel like that time in music we had so much greatness happen in such a short period of time. Yeah, no, it really was incredible. Yeah, totally. And sometimes when you're in the middle of those moments, you don't really realize until you look back on it, like literally just until you said it, I didn't really think about the fact that those albums were all in such close proximity with each other. Like that's fucking remarkable. Right. Um, three fantastic landmark albums, um, you know, within the space of the same 12 months is, is incredible. Right. No, that's that's crazy. And just like that you think about Get Rich or Die Trying was 50 Cent's debut and Get College Dropout was um Kanye's and they came out within uh I believe a year of each other yeah um so to think about then you fast forward at maximum for five years and Kanye West has outpaced 50 Cent who at the time was the biggest rapper of all time it was yeah. just five five years time and then Kanye West sound completely changes the game it really it shows you that like I think this happens every decade too because we go into uh, the '90s with a sit with a sit, certain sound coming from the '80s, right? And then by the end of the the decade, we're at a completely different sound, and that sound kind of carries over into the early uh, decade. And then by the end of the decade, we're at a completely different sound. You saw the same thing happen uh, in the 2010s to now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see just because we started the new decade uh, just a few uh, weeks ago, just to see how things are going to. Um, unfold you know yeah totally, totally we spoke about this on on the last um pod which was um called like hip-hop forum where we basically kind of chew over the kind of big stories at the moment or we take uh something that's kind of from from the kind of golden era that's maybe come up in, in recent times one of the things right about which is which is the way that hip-hop has historically worked and the way that it continues to work is that it's driven by youth culture and is driven by the younger generation that's what moves it and pushes it forward so when you know i complain about certain modern rappers i just think are trash it's like well there would have been people who grew up listening to um big daddy kane rakim listening to wu-tang and being like this is trash right like, there's always the progression and taste changes and you have to kind of you get to a certain point where you're like this is not for me but this is like for the culture and it's going to push the genre forward and i think you're right like we will see a a sea change in hip hop this decade. Like it will be different to the last decade. And actually, I think moving back into that 
that appetite for more traditional sounding hip hop and more bars based lyricism. I think that is I do. coming. I, I do think that's coming back. And I think that what's going to happen is there's going to be an ultimate uh, break off in a, in, a, in a new genre will begin to take form in this decade. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if if, if trap was that thing that happened where the, the beats had changed and the flow had changed, you know, I'm thinking like artists like Migos and, and people like that that have this, is, that to me is not traditional hip hop, like it's its own thing. Right. Uh, and I think you're right. I think maybe that, that whole vibe will become separate and you'll get kind of a breakaway uh, subgenres that will be more prevalent and you'll get more traditional hip hop, but from new artists with new voices and new stories right. uh, coming through. So I, that's what I hope happens as well, because I think that's where hip hop is at its best is, is like organic storytelling and um, people kind of like telling their stories. They can be varied, but I think that's just like got to be anchored in in storytelling and, and in truth, you know? Um, so I'm hoping that, that we can get to that point in hip hop. I agree. I, I think it, it's going to be like, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be different. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to go back and be the same. I think it's going to, I think it's very clear that there's certain indicators of where the sound is going. And I think that it's going to become built upon, but like, I think that people are trying to blend the sounds of today with what, maybe like certain aspects of what people used to love about lyricism and flows because i do think that like um just as as we've seen in all music like we're never gonna get there's gonna be always gonna be like a, a, a griselda or people that are purists that i think are gonna are gonna make a certain sound but i think that there's there's gonna be a more like a like yeah, as you said there's gonna be like a return to lyricism and i think it's gonna take shape in a different um, sound. It's going to be like how Kanye changed the sound in 2003. We're never going to get that. Get rich or die trying. No matter how much like you no. or I might want that, we're never going to get that again. It's going to be. No. Uh, it's going to be the young kid's new way of how can I communicate this. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. I mean, one of the artists that I that I've been kind of pushing for a little while, I think, ticks some of the boxes that you've been saying in terms of taking that. Uh, the, the current sound, but kind of trying to anchor it in traditional hip hop and and paying homage to the the roots of hip hop, but being new and being fresh is uh, Marlon Craft, right? Um, like Hell's Kitchen Boy, uh, and is and is trying to is trying to do what we just spoke about, and, and similar to yourself, you know, trying to pay homage to that that era, um, but still trying to push things through and and listen to your listen to your music. What I notice, which I find really interesting and encouraging, is like. There are there are tracks there that have that modern sound and that like have that modern feel, and then there are right. tracks that still sound modern because the production now is so much clearer. It's, it's just better. Like the production is is a better sound. Right. The actual style is is like just head nod hip hop, and so I, right. I think you're right. I think the new artists such as yourself, Marlon Craft, a lot of these other artists that are coming through this new generation that's the way that it, I see it moving forward. So, yeah, it's, it's encouraging from my point of view that that's, that's the way that I think, you know, a lot of yeah, the art man. is pushing for. Thank you, man. I mean, that's exactly what I'm striving for, really, for personally, like, and just taking influence from people like Kanye and even people like, uh, you know, 50, like, he changed the game too. And yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not to be, like, uh, over, I don't want to overshadow it with the fact that at the same time, Kanye was changing the game because 50 said very much changed the game in that time too. Yeah. And sure. it's just like... Uh, you know, I very much want to be a, one of those game changers in the decade. I have a game plan to do it, and I definitely am excited to roll it out. But I 100% agree with you that this this album is one of those albums that 
um, that we could talk about that that really shaped it, uh, a sound and changed like a decade. It really did change change a decade in the latter half of the decade. Yeah, well, let, let's hope in in ten years you can come back on the pod and talk about how your album changed the decade. That would be I, nice. That would be nice. <laughs> I definitely uh, plan on it. Yeah, don't don't forget the little people. Yeah, when you when you when you absolutely t- not, t- absolutely not, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, look, let's get um, let's get a couple more questions on the album, um, and then we've got some listener questions that I want to go through. Um, cool. One of the questions that I wanted to um, to kind of find out about was um, like we've spoken about some of the features, but and some of the favorite instrumentals for like kind of for yourself. But right. I'd be really interested to know like if you could essentially take the place of one of the features and actually feature on one of the tracks. Um, what would you What would you pick? Well. I don't know if I would take anything off because, like, that would be, I feel like, um, yeah, too too audacious for me to say. Uh, you know what I'm saying? To kind of. But if I would probably get on, uh, I, would, I would probably make Never Let Me Down longer because, like, just to be on a track with Kanye and Jay-Z for me would be a dream come true. But if it, if it wasn't for that sole purpose, I think I would go on Slow Jams because that is just a banger. It's a banger, yeah. and I'd love to be a part of it. Um, yeah, crazy. It really would be crazy because I think I would murder that. I think that the the whole that entire Jamie Foxx kills it, Twista kills it. The hook is absolutely fire, um, and just I love to listen to that song to this day. So I think that being on that song would uh, be like a dream come true for me, honestly. Yeah, that's that's a great shout. I think um I think that's an interesting choice because like the the subject matter of that track is is kind of like. Uh, talking about the throwback era of uh, yeah, like your Jodices and your right and that era, and obviously like because you're slightly younger, it'd be interesting. Like either would you take the slow jams of like your generation, or, like the, the tracks, right. those artists, right, or whether you would like kind of try to retrofit it to be like you know the older stuff. It, I guess but, it's dependent on when yeah. when I if I did it today I might do it differently than if I if I had the chance I obviously I was too young to do it in 2003. I yeah. was 8 years old. So um that would have been <laughs> that would have been, been pretty garbage. Um, but uh <laughs> but but today I would definitely uh I I think I would I would put a fresh spin on it just like you said because like I think that would be interesting if I did like a new like a slow jams too that would be That'd be interesting to, to do it in that way. Maybe Kanye should do that for the 20 year anniversary. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's kind of where I was going is like, yeah, imagine as an artist now you did slow jams, but you did it about, you know, some of the R&B acts that have been out like 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah, it'd be kind of. Kind of I cool. think if you could clear that sample, then you should do that as 100 percent. Like, I wonder, I wonder how difficult Kanye would make that if he would make that easy or not, because in the spirit of sampling, maybe he would love to see that happen. Yeah, and also like if you did it on a mixtape for no profit, you you're fine from a clear. That's absolutely true too, but I can't like really tell you what to do with that one way or another. <laughs> well, if anyone's listened to this and they wanted an idea for their new mixtape, this yeah, that we've given you gold there. Like you've got to take us up on that offer. Um, if I don't beat you to it, if I don't beat you to it. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, lyrics uh on this album obviously it's not just yourself it's, it's it's a hugely important thing in, in hip-hop it's, it's right. probably the most important thing right um and you mentioned a couple of little bits and pieces here that you like um right yeah do you, do you have like a i mean i usually say like favorite lyric but most of the time what i mean is like a favorite verse that really like strikes you um, yeah album is, is there any particular that stand out for you 
like like I I mean I already mentioned the the last uh, uh, Jay Z verse on Never Let Me Down the Pope John Paul lyric love that incredible um, and I love the uh, the We Don't Care hook I said that as as well but I think that just getting a little bit more into that track just like the everybody selling Mako Jacob sell uh, you know Mako's Jacob selling yeah. bootleg taste just to get their cake up you know. We put shit on layaway, then come back, claim other people's kids on our income tax. We take that money, cop work, then push facts to get paid, and we don't care what people say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit is honestly unreal, that lyric. Yeah. They're just like, we claim other people's kids on our income tax, man. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. That's just like such truth. There's so much truth in that one line. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I think... Like, lyrically, he's as sharp as he's ever been on this album. Like, you can tell that the real like passion for him to be like I'm I've got to kind of show everyone what I'm about early doors because I think that he himself and he mentions this a few times um in interviews and and also um on last call where he, he basically says like I think people thought I was a kind of producer rapper rather right, than right right like artist right so I do feel that he he took a bit of time to really polish these bars because if you listen to uh, Freshman Adjustment, which is like essentially like the mixtape, so the, the beats are really similar and some of the ideas for the hooks are there. The bars are not as tight. And I right, well, that, you mentioned that time. earlier. That's, that was the leak, right? The leak uh, in 2003. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like a well-known leak. And like, so I think that like Kanye, like many artists, like, and I don't know if it's like, if that's 100% the truth, because like there is like a big story that he went back and repolished the album. But yeah. if you heard an early stage of my album or anyone's album, I think that you would be like, oh, this might not be as good as the actual album came out to be cool. because, uh, you know, we're demoing the, the album. Uh, you don't know exactly how he wrote the album, if it, and uh, we don't know. Uh, maybe some people say that there wasn't that Kanye didn't write 100% of the album, but I think that Kanye just has a specific swagger and flow that that makes like even if he didn't write it, like there's no one that's gonna like say that Kanye West isn't a great rapper. Um, yeah. So I think that like you're 100% right. These lyrics are like uh, on point, and of course I think that no matter what, if you're uh, if you have amazing lines like this, like even if it doesn't take you 100% um, like. Uh, of the day or doesn't take you like 24 hours to write your verse um you're put you're taking your time to write lyrics like this you know even if it only takes you an hour like you took your time yeah no for sure i mean that that, that kind of fits in with like my favorite lyric is um is from get em high which is like kanye's kanye's first verse right uh, and like the way that he's like pieced it together and it's like that my flow is in a pocket like wallets. I got the bounce like hydraulics. I could call it. I got the swag uh, like alcoholics. It's like the internal yes. rhyming schemes, the little, you it's know. It's perfect. The, That's an incredible, incredible rhyme scheme, incredible flow, just in, incredible uh, intro to a song. Like, um, I love that. I love that flow. Yeah. Um, and I love that that little uh, lyric as well. I think yeah. that's um that's like, just uh that's a kanye west sound i don't know yeah. that's like a very unique flow and every rapper has their unique flows um i think that like you said this album has incredible lyrics like it's really it's really hard to to, to get it down to one but i think it, it does go down to either like his delivery his uh tone or like what he's saying in the lyrics right that like it's gonna yeah. is gonna is gonna define it for you yeah for sure um no absolutely totally agree um cool um what do you think about and this is kind of on that point, really. Kanye the rapper versus Kanye the producer. Now, I'm not going to ask you to say, like, which is better. Right. I, I, I think I know probably the answer. But, um, yeah, where, where do you think, like, the, the scales are tipped? Or do you think it's kind of even? 
I mean, I think it's equally great, honestly. That's like you're exactly right. Like, I can't like really say one way or the other, mm. um, because like uh, it's uh, just like he's so good. He's like yeah. he, he can't even you can't take anything away from Kanye or say that Kanye is not um, one of the best to ever do it. So it's like uh, just like his swag, his vocals are on point. I think like the fact that um, he made every beat. Like, how can you really say? one way or the other is the lyrics better than the beats on the college dropout i'm not really sure but if i had to say i would say kanye the rapper and only because kanye does produce a lot of what he does but he hasn't always produced everything that he's been on but i've always liked it i've always liked it yeah it's fair i mean i so i i would go let's say like 51% uh, I would go with the producer and the reason for that is because um, I don't think there are so there are obviously um, producers that rap and um, rappers that make beats right? Uh, and I would say Kanye is in the same company as like a Q-tip where they're so iconic as a rapper but their beats are so so great that when they make beats for other people or as part of like a wider stuff in their own catalogue uh, like though the actual beats themselves become used in like advertising and right. they become iconic in their own right. Right. And I feel like as a producer, and again, like for people he's produced for, so like the beats he made for Jay Z, some of right. them are the, some of the greatest beats in modern, like in the modern era of of hip hop. Now, Heart exactly. of the City, Heart of the City is <laughs> like incredible. Yeah, it's, an it's incredible, ridiculous. It's, it's amazing. An incredible, Exactly, you know, like, standout record, and yeah. in Jay Z's own ca- discography, you could say this is an he gave Jay Z a lot of hits, he gave a lot of people a lot of hits. I 100% exactly. agree with you so on that point. That That's why I think that if he was a rapper without those beats, yeah, he would have probably made it like he would have had a probably a career, um, and been a rapper. But there are a lot better rappers than Kanye in hip hop that that's never been disputed, I think. Yeah, but there are not many producers that were in anywhere near the same league. Um, as him so yeah I, I always think the answer is basically he's an artist so he's good at both right. um but yeah i just think kanye the producer is on another level to right to a lot of um producers and, and artists in general so yeah but it's, it's really interesting right. but, i think there's no wrong answer there in this no no i agree with you because i think that um it's important to say that like while you say he's there's never been like he's never been the best rapper and i agree with you i don't think anyone would disagree that i think everyone means technically because like yeah. just the same way that this album changed the sound sonically with the beats the lyrics changed the sound just as much so there's really no way to uh it's, it's such a hard really question to answer just because like if you think about it like kanye's beats like um have always been incredible that's that's never uh something that you can argue for every artist that he's given hits to um, but his flows uh, and just like his lyrics have always uh, been a, a standout thing for Kanye as well. So it's really uh, interesting to, to think about both sides of the coin, um, being that like Kanye has always had like a standout lyric. Every time you hear Kanye West, he's really trying to have that, right? At least that one yeah. tagline that you're going to remember from every verse. Yeah, and so you can tr- think about a, a bunch of different songs that he's been on with other artists that he might not have made the beat for, but like you know what he's gonna make his presence known on the flow too like and he has a very unique flow uh and delivery um just like you know it goes back to what we were saying earlier that you can identify his beats just like many other people's beats just by hearing them you could always know by like the lyrics and the flow hey that's kanye west yeah no for sure 
For sure. Right. I've got one more question for you on the album before we get into some listener questions and a few other sure. Bobs. Um, where does this album rank right. in Kanye's dis- discography? Because he's obviously put out a big body of work now. Uh, right. At the time, I was like, fucking hell, this is his first album. Like, where's this going to go? Like, this is incredible. Right. Um, I'm really interested in your take now. Like, in, in hindsight, now we can see kind of his full body of work up to this point. Um, right. Where do you think this album actually ranks? All right, I'm going to give you a rundown of all the albums right now. You ready? I love it. Let's go. All right. Kyle's Dropout is number one for me. I think that's that's just the defining moment. That's Kanye West in a nutshell, right? You're going to be like, if someone says to me, show me Kanye West, I feel like it would be a disservice not to show them the Kyle's Dropout first. That's that's how he was rolled out. So I think that Kyle's Dropout is number one for me. Second is Graduation. Third is My Beautiful Dark Christmas Fantasy. Fourth is Late Registration. Fifth, 808s and Heartbreaks. After that, that's uh, number six, Watch the Throne. Yeah. Number number seven, The Life of Pablo. Eight, we got Ye. And then in ninth, we got we got Jesus. Yeah, fair. And then this this new gospel thing. Is just... I would say I would say that I just I don't know where to put it yet, and I don't yeah. want to like just like throw out some crazy shit or like I don't know if I don't want to like say something that I might change my mind later. Um, and I just, I just feel like I should, it shouldn't count yet. Yeah, it should, fair enough. It shouldn't it's, count. It's very new. I mean, I, I find it difficult to disagree with with the selection. I mean, we did this basically on the Kanye special where we we kind of went through his discography and then like worked out where we placed things. My right. my order was basically in reverse order, pretty much. So starts with College Dropout and just works its way back. And I think right. And I know there are some uh, anomalies in there that I would probably reorder if I really thought about it. I genuinely right. think he he's getting worse. Sounds like <laughs> like a like a diss. But right. I just think it's like he's moving away from the sound that resonated with me the most. Um, and I get that. And and it's a thing that you hear all the time, which is like, oh, just make the same thing that we like. And artists right. shouldn't. Right. I love. I like the. I, I like yeah. the old Kanye. Like I love the old Kanye. Right? Like, <laughs> Kanye. I like. Yeah. yeah. Like I love Kanye. Right. Like. Uh, I miss the old Kanye, right? Like, so that was what he was trying to say, right? But I don't know right. if it's, um, um, I don't know if that's like a bad thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think that Kanye like did such a great effort on his first, yeah. first showing that, um, you know, I think any artist like would be crazy to to not be proud of that. Like, and I think that Kanye knows that, of course, you know. Yeah, um, but I think that also like no honorable mention. You got to say that I like the Kid Seagulls project. I didn't know know exactly where to put it either, though. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think the whole um, Yay and the um, Kidsy Ghosts and e- even the stuff he was doing with Pusher, like these seven, eight tracks, the one the Nas right. one as well. I still don't really know what to make of them. I kind of feel like they were just not finished. Like they were some almost good- a little mixtape ish. A like, little bit, yeah. I, I think I would have preferred it. But at the same it. time, uh, Yay, I think is a really great project. I think that Yay is a little great, pro- a really great project, and that the, the the collab project for him between him and Cuddy was like long awaited for. So I do appreciate yeah. that. It maybe was like it could have been maybe a mixtape, but it, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's not always um, collab albums don't always work. But at the same time, this is the same guy who has one of the best collab albums. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so um, I would never say don't do it. Like, I would I would listen to another Kid Seagulls. Um, but I think that uh, I just didn't, it didn't. I didn't know where to put it in his solo discography. But I definitely thought that Yay, Yay, like had a place there. Yeah, fair, 
good solid uh, rundown. I appreciate that. Cool, right, we're going to have a real quick break, uh, and then we've got a couple of listener questions. I want to find out your um, five of five, so your five uh, favorite MCs, um, and then yeah, we'll just do a couple of bits, and then we'll um, we'll be out of everybody's ears. So we're just going to have a quick break, and then we will be straight back. All right, cool. Okay, so I'm back with Small Boss. We are uh, about to answer some of your questions. We got some. Yo, yo. We've, we've got some mad people here in the UK, mate, asking us all sorts of mad shit. Um, I love that. I love the UK. Yeah. So hopefully you're going to be okay with some of these questions because they're um, they're a bit out there. And then we're going to also find out your um, five for five. So your five favorite MCs of all time. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just a couple of bits. So. Um, these are some regular listeners have asked us these questions. We've got two questions this week. Uh, first one comes from James Bolin, a.k.a. JB, a.k.a. J-Dog, a.k.a. J-Money. Yo, yo, uh, J-Money. Uh, J-Money, son, go good. Uh, <laughs> he asks us, do you feel this album was Kanye at his best at the beginning of his career, perhaps when he didn't have so much pressure? Mm, mm, I like that like um, little bit at the end just to like... yeah. Put that, put that pressure on the question, right? Because I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think we did. We so we covered this right a little bit uh, throughout the conversation that it is probably his best. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it was because, like, you know, what's interesting is like, I think there's a part of him that was under more pressure. Mm. I think I that, like, because like Kanye West, because Kanye West wanted this so badly, and he was still was so unsatisfied with just being a hit record producer. Like, you know what I mean? Like a platinum producer, Grammy Award winning producer, right? Yeah. To, uh, that he still needed this so badly. And uh, that's just something maybe I just relate to as an artist. But like, until he was able to achieve his ultimate goal, and you can just hear that. You can hear that hunger in Last Call. Like, I think that he was, he was definitely uh, under less pressure going into late registration, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree uh-huh. with that. I think it's it's difficult because, yeah, when you, it's a weird dynamic in a way because when you're brand new onto the scene, like you're trying to go right, this is me, this is what I'm about, and the stakes are quite high because if it doesn't work out, sometimes that can be the end of, right. Like, but certainly with like major labels or certainly big labels with big distribution deals like Rockefeller at the time. So I think you're right. There was a lot of pressure on him, and and also I think there's this weird thing when you get huge success, but you you get this almost like, and he's had it like this genius complex right right and for me he stopped being he stopped making genius level music when he said that he was a genius and i've seen it with a lot of artists that they're so successful that they just put out anything and people buy it and so they just kind of think oh this is great like i can just make I can just pick up a metal cup and bang it for the beat. That, that's <laughs> different. Like that's different. That's cool. Or like, you know, with uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. I, right. I really hate, I hate the album with a passion. Really. Uh, and the reason why is because um, it's one sound effect on every song for the entirety of the album. Now, if if anyone else had put that out in the same era, right. I guarantee you, Kanye would have said. It's an okay album, but he's using the same vocal sound effect on every track. You mean auto tune? Auto-tune, yeah. It's the I mean, same... I have to disagree with you just because I think that auto-tune is honestly something that pushed the genre forward in the later half of the decade. In the later half of the decade, I think Kanye had a lot to do with that. I think that it, like, it, t- it takes the tracks to a different level. I don't know. I know this is a large uh, mm. uh, you know, debate between hip-hop uh, fans, and I just think that like, even the biggest rapper of all time, which um, you know like, uh, is like 
pretty much undisputed. Jay-Z had like his song Death of Autosune and it and Jay-Z's killed a lot of things in his career. Autosune wasn't one of them. No, that's true, but I wish he had of. <laughs> like I, I like I, <laughs> I really I love it. I, I appreciate your take on it. 100%. Yeah. And and that's the thing for me is like when it came out, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like uh the one there's one there's a couple of tracks on there that when they first came out, um Love right. Lockdown, for example, is is amazing. Like that right. as a as a but if that's one track on an album, incredible. Right. But when the entire album is a man who cannot sing, sing a tune. <laughs> great, I, I, I honestly, though, I understand what you're saying, but it, it yeah. is a good, I think that album also inspired, like, a uh, Drake to be possible, and that, I think, is important, that happened in the game. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're disagreeing here, I think we agreed on a lot, but, like, <laughs> on that, I think that, I don't know, uh, I think that no, I think... Kanye opened the door for a whole, I think that was Kanye, like, uh, shaping the genre again honestly he did i mean it's it's hard to say like whether you would maybe uh like it or, or don't like it that album definitely reshaped the genre again i mean there's right there's no way you can say that 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 album didn't have a massive effect on like on like a drake or like someone who came after that album yeah absolutely and, and this actually this is exactly what uh, i was talking about earlier which is like my essentially like my biases like right. clouding uh the genre moving forward which is ultimately the most important thing and this is a yeah it's a perfect example of it this is where i i struggle with um this well it's not even a bad thing you know because i i mean i know what you're saying if you you love wu-tang and like the way i love 50 cent and no one's gonna tell me that um that uh like and there's no knocking but there's no like uh, of the lil rappers i'm not even gonna name them because i like yeah. some of them but i'm gonna say there's no one that's gonna tell me that they that they're that there's any one of them that's better than 50 cent even if yeah. you have the stats to prove it i'm still gonna argue with you because that's my yeah. favorite rapper or one of them you know exactly. what i mean like so i 100 i there's no way like uh i'm gonna hold that against you but uh i just want to like you know for the listeners to just there to be to put out there that definitely the uh the 808s heartbreaks did push the genre forward yeah, I, I think basically what I'm saying is that I will completely accept that as as a true statement, <laughs> but I'm still just going to be an old, old man hating on the sidelines. So you gotta you gotta stick to your guns, yeah, otherwise exactly. that you would be questionable. Otherwise, right? Like, yeah, you exactly. gotta be you. Exactly. Right. Let's get into this next question. This is uh, another regular listener. This is Kino. Um, yo, yo. Uh, he also loves uh, Get Rich or Die Train, so he's yeah. already on mutual ground. But he asks us this question: Would you rather listen to Gold Digger on repeat for an entire week, or mm. take a punch from Iron Mike Tyson? He then says, "P.S. I know it's not on the album, but it's one of the worst songs ever released." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing uh, because, like, you know, what I, just just what I was just saying before: you got to be you, one hundred percent. So yeah. I feel like that. That guy is being him one one hundred percent with that question. Yeah, and um, if, you, if you ever met this guy, um, the idea of him basically giving you two options, which is torturing yourself with a song you hated or getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson, that right. is purely on brand for Kino. So um, I know guys like that. Okay, so we would get we would get along then. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, but I just feel that, um, I, and I feel like this whole this whole uh, podcast, I just sound like I'm just like waving the Kanye flag, like unabashed, unabashedly, yeah. just like just won't stop supporting Kanye. 
But like, um, and maybe just because I'm an artist though, like I love I love Gold Digger, man. Like I would love to have a song like Gold Digger, like or, you know, like I don't know when uh, when they asked Kanye that year what his favorite song of the year, and he said, "What's the same as everyone else's favorite song of the year, Gold Digger?" Yeah, that's a, that that's that was true though. That's yeah, a true sure. statement in that time period. And like, remember that like I don't know how old this guy is, so he might have had a whole other perspective. I wasn't old enough to go to a bar, right? I was in I was in middle school. I was like. 12 years old when this song came out yeah and that was my shit he was talking about some really cool shit right like for for the time yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and this is <laughs> the thing that so he's yeah. the same age as me so when we when we used to go out this song would just be like on repeat everywhere and at the beginning it was like fuck me this is such a banger like kind yeah of again right but it's like <laughs> everything is like success ultimately just gets to the point where you're like oh fuck this shit and i'm like please just stop well, yeah, I mean, that's the DJs and the radio stations fault. Like, no one, I mean, but um, the fact that, like, uh, it's, a, it's a great song. Like, I don't, if they didn't do that, I think that especially that would be easier maybe. Because, I mean, how, how often do you listen to Gold Digger? Now I, I listen to it a few times a month maybe, but I think I could, I could live out the week without. Because I also like Mike Tyson. So like I don't yeah. want to like ruin my in my first meeting of Mike Tyson by getting punched in the face with him. You know what I mean? Like True. then I would then I would hate him forever. But I looked at it the other way around, right? Which is that if you you could now listen right. to Gold Digger on repeat for an entire week, right? But there's only right. a few people in the world who've taken a punch from Mike Tyson. Mm. And I'm just thinking about the notoriety, right? So in my bio, it could be like host of notorious POD, um, like hip hop head, took a punch from Iron Mike Tyson, like. That's, That's pretty deal, cool. Right? And then, like, I bet you he would, you would earn his respect for sure exactly. by getting punched in the face by him. So especially especially I would, when I just take it on the chin and stand there looking at him like, now what? Like, he will really respect me <laughs> <laughs> after that, right? I mean, so if that like, happens, bro, if that happens, then you would even go viral probably. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, worth it. I mean, I could die, but I could <laughs> just, like, somehow stay on my feet. So you could change life. your face forever. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you've got to look at <laughs> like, you got to wait up. I mean, I yeah, because like you never know what if it, it's a completely you can't stop the song once, right? Because like that is like yeah. a form of, uh, didn't, I think they they tortured people to the real Slim Shady, right? So like yeah. maybe maybe I'm all, like underestimating the power of Gold Digger. Yeah, I think you are, man. I think like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a punch that will end up in like okay, it, it could hospitalize you, all this stuff. But people get punched by Mike Tyson and get up. Like you could survive, right. just be right. like fucked. But it's done. Whereas Gold right. Digger, like, every hour of the day, like, you can't sleep. I mean, like, I'm taking some hard punches, so maybe, maybe. Exactly. I don't know. I'm debating it. I'm debating it now because, like, you got me, you got me debating it because you're right. Like, maybe, but I don't know, man. Because, like, you know, you know, but you know what the true answer is. Kanye would say he would listen to Gold Digger for a whole week. Yeah, true. But then I'll <laughs> get Mike Tyson to punch Kanye and then... Like, <laughs> Right, man. Uh, thanks for the questions. Really appreciate it. Thanks for, for the answers as well. That was great. Um, just one last thing before you leave us. I just um, we, we asked for basically our listeners when they leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we call it like five for five. So they basically leave us five stars. And instead of a review, we just want to know people's top five favorite MCs. Okay. Um, so it's their five for five. So I always ask uh, our guests like for their top five. And again, okay. it's like it's your favorite top five so we're not asking for like who you consider to be the five greatest it's right. your personal top five so there's no judgment here whatsoever 100%. so yeah give us the rundown so my my number one guy is definitely jay-z that's like yeah. i think i made that pretty known um after that i say tupac um it's number two for me 
and then I would probably put 50 just as like this is my personal favorite so it's not yeah. like uh but I would definitely say that I would listen to like these guys in the most uh throughout like a, a normal week or something like that um so 50 cent and then I would say probably I think I'm gonna go like it's see this is tough for me because I'm from New York so like there's a part of me that just wants to say Biggie but like to be honest with you like I, like just like thinking about it like that I listen to Biggie just as much probably as these guys but maybe not as much as like like I listen to Drake a lot yeah I listen to Drake a lot and I and I want to put Drake as number four and it's kind of crazy because I want to put Drake as number four just on today's how I feel today and I'm gonna put Kanye West five just on how my listening playlist bang do you know what right Drake um I don't know if it's surprising or not I mean he's like pretty much the biggest hip-hop artist in the world right now um pretty much and it's weird because every time I, I feel that people like want to say him and then they think oh shit like this is kind of like a uh it's not but it's kind of like we angle ourselves towards like the golden era of hip-hop right so right i think people feel bad for saying drake and it's like like get you it really like, can't feel bad yeah. though because like he established he's an og now especially in the new yes. decade like this guy came out in 2009 so like there's no there's nothing that's gonna topple drake but uh it does. It does feel weird that I didn't put Biggie in my top five because, like, like I said, I'm from New York, so of course you gotta give Big the honorable mention. But I just think that, like, just on today's listening playlist vibes, like, there's gonna be more Drake in my playlist. Yeah, it's fair enough. I think it's one of those things. Like, you have to be honest about stuff. And I think with these lists, the reason I ask for people's favorites rather than who they consider the best is when you ask people who they consider the best, there's like the Mount Rushmore of hip hop. There's the same kind of ten that fit right. into five places, right? Biggie, Park. Like Eminem, uh, Jay Z, Nas, like that—that's the conversation. Right. But when you start asking for people's favorites, like you get some really interesting answers, um, and you hear some really interesting kind of views. Right. Um, so yeah, it's like this is why I think it's a good thing because it's like no wrong answers. You can just kind of. Find... I, I, I agree. Like to make it, it would be way more of a difficult question if you ask me like the, the best top five. Ever. Yeah, totally. It beca- it becomes impossible at that point because it's like right. there's so many metrics you have to take into place. And some right. people put more. Um, you Sometimes know. I want to really like sit down and make like an insane list, but like it would take forever because I, I would make it like so meticulous of every different category and like levels of like, am I am I ranking just on commercial success right. and just like who are you the biggest rapper ever? Are you the best rapper? And then like there should be subgenres. I feel like of like are you the best rapper that sings? Are you the best <laughs> rapper that just raps? Are you the best rapper from New York? Like who who are you? This is the thing, and I, I feel your pain because I, I thought about this. You know, there were those lists that went around, like the, be- the best rappers. Right, right. I wanted to make a mega list. but Same. But I was getting so frustrated because it's like, it's too complicated. The word best doesn't encompass enough detail because, like, for me, for example, I think from, like, a rapper's ability, right, is it's almost got nothing to do with their success. Right. So you can be really talented and not be... Ma- like, for example... I think pound for pound skill wise rappers who I think are unbelievably fucking great is Big L. I think Big L is is the best rapper I've ever listened to. His punchlines are are ridiculous. He's got an iconic voice. He's fucking, he's he's New York. He's, he's like harsh. It's, it's like cocky and arrogant and nasty and and storytelling and everything. He, to me as like a a rapper, he is the best. Right. But then when you start saying, well, but then he's out, (laughs) weren't great it's like no they weren't great and it's like well he didn't really have that much success and 
You didn't do that's why you, you exactly. Like, yeah, you're that's why you need to divide it into these categories because like a lot of people would agree with you that Big L is, is like at least one of the best rappers of all time. Like yeah. with undisputably one of, but like where does he rank is hard to say like off the top of your head. Exactly. So you know what they listeners should let let me know let you know on Twitter if we should make a uh, hip hop encyclopedia because maybe that exactly. person will sell it for twenty dollars. <laughs> exactly. We could do like a little bonus pod where we do the rundown. We do like exactly just like it, it would have to be like a complete comprehensive hip-hop encyclopedia yeah. and i think i would i would at least pay for that so if yeah. you want that you can tweet me at small boss mc and let me know and i will uh exactly. think you're, about you're, it uh, exactly well look <laughs> on, on that note thank you so much uh for your time i really really do appreciate it. it's been great talking to you I, lo- I love talking to passionate people um about the music that we all love so thank you so much for sparing us the time absolutely man uh, thank you for having me again man like uh, i just want to say like I, i'm a big fan of the podcast i listened to a bunch of episodes i found you guys on twitter i uh I heard the the Black Album uh, podcast first, and then like you know, I just I, I ran down a bunch of your episodes, and I hit you up. I was like, "Yo, how can I how can I get on the show?" Uh, so thank you again for putting me on. You know, uh, it's cool to uh, do like a crossover, like uh, of like different like you know from New York to UK. It's cool. I spent a lot of time in the UK when I was younger, so I got a bunch of fans out there. So shout out to you guys, and uh, yeah, man, just thank you for having me on. No, no worries. And look, it'd be really great for you to come back on um, for some of like the more broad uh, episodes where we kind of just talk all things hip hop. Um, yeah, for sure. If you don't mind, it'd be great to have you as kind of like our New York correspondent when stuff's kicking off. I'd love to get your view on. I would on love to do that. I yeah? would love to do that for sure. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, like, like I said, man, this has been a, a really good time. And uh, just one more quick thing. I know because you said we're going to get this out tonight. So if you're in the New York area, come see me at the well in Brooklyn on Saturday, eight o'clock. Boom. We're going to, um, if you, when you're tweeting that out, mate, just let me know and we're going to, we'll push that for you because we want to, we always want to support um, artists that are doing, doing good stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely make sure that we get that out and um, yeah, go, go and check out Small Boss as soon as possible. Where, where can everyone find you, mate? Just remind everyone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm on every social media app that there is at Small Boss MC. That's S-M-A-L-L-B-O-S-S-M-C. Follow me, hit me up. I message you back. I'll tweet you back, whatever. Uh, again, thank you guys. The Notorious POD, very sick podcast. Everyone should listen to it. Um, and uh, yeah, man. Yeah, Good luck. Thank you, thank you so much. If you want to follow us, yeah, we're at Notorious P underscore O underscore D on Twitter. Uh, Instagram's at the Notorious POD, all one word. If you want to follow me, um, my Insta and Twitter is the same. It's at the Real John Bass, J O N B A S. And yeah, if you want to leave us your five for fives just go to um, apple go to your itunes and just give us five stars and then leave us your top five um so me and small boss can look at your favorite mcs and, and laugh in your face as you put <laughs> the worst list of five um, <laughs> we, we want to know so um yeah make sure you do yeah that. leave it do it exactly do it um thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode peace peace this is notorious pod the name's John Bass on this MIC I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace!